welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast, where we engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss, from two undisclosed locations somewhere in the Midwest. Here are your hosts, Stephen Ridden and Ryan Ramsey. Why did Jesus come in the first place? If we're gonna, if we still have to pay for our sins at the when it's all said and done, a daily call to be renewed and to be changed. Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew, Season 2, Episode 2, the show that brings you our opinions with, that help engage the topics everyone wants to talk about but nobody wants to discuss. I'm Stephen Witten. And I'm Ryan Ramsey. This show has been brought to you by ElephantPew.com, your one-stop shop for everything that you need from Elephant in the Pew. That's right, you can find everything there from links to the topics we talk about, blog posts, and even our own personal blogs that Stephen and I Run. Check out elephantinthepew.com. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, night, evening, morning. Whenever you decided to listen to us, we're glad that you um, made us a part of your day. And today we are talking about fresh starts and new beginnings. I just took one of those fresh starts. Fresh. What do you mean you took one of those fresh starts? Is that like a pill or something? I just took a fresh start. No, well, no, I took a fresh start. You know, it's it's like... uh, where you do do a fresh start, like uh, I moved and started a new job. Oh, you just like a new life. You just yeah, you you took part of a fresh start. I t- you you made I it took so, one. You made it. I took a fresh start. Yeah, you made it sound like it was like a pill or something. Mmm, delicious fresh start. Mmm, first thing in the morning. Mm. I love a fresh start first with my granola bar. <laughs> it's either a it's 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 either a pill or a yogurt, right? I don't know. Mm. Or a lax. Sounds like so, lax. <laughs> <laughs> I love a fresh Never mind, start I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a fresh start. All right. So so basically today we're talking about uh, it's the the whole idea of this topic is um it stems from can we as it starts off as can we as humans truly have a fresh start and then it will build up to, you know, can even Christians have a fresh start even though We've already been born again, um, in that pos- in, you know, in in that idea. So, like, so let's start off from the beginning. Like, we should always start off. Um, we usually always start elephant in the pew in the beginning. So, can we, as humans, Ryan, um, I'm speaking specifically to the pastor of this oh, duo, um, can we truly? No, <laughs> can we truly have a fresh start? Mm. Well, as you said, let's start at the very good beginning, as I've heard that's a very good place to start. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think uh, somebody said that in a movie once. Um, so, can you have a fresh start? Yes, you can have a fresh start. Um, in the eyes of the Lord, I would say. Um, however, there are always consequences for the life you've lived. So, for instance, the guy who commits a crime then um, gets saved while he is a new creation in the eyes of the Lord, I would say in the eyes of the world, he's still 
is the same person who must pay for his consequences. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so, I mean, it's that's true. I mean, like what I was saying, um, that's absolutely true, that we all have the ability to have a fresh start. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't mean that everybody just forgives and forgets. But um, really... What I'm what I'm trying to say is, um, or ask, is is it possible for everybody um, to have they have the ability to have a fresh start? Right. Everybody has the ability to have a fresh start. That's what you're asking. Yes, like they have. It's everybody has the same opportunity to ask God for forgiveness and to begin to begin a new life. Um, I would say there's probably two camps on this, right? What yes. do you think? Uh, I would say that there's probably there's multiple minds out there. I would that... say there's two two big camps theologically. I would say that there would be those who would say anybody who turns to the Lord can have a fresh start. Um, And then another camp would say only those who were chosen by God to have a fresh start would get to have a fresh start. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. See where um, I'm going with that? I, I, see, I see where you're going with that. So uh, the you, question... You're picking up what I'm laying down? I, I am. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Uh, the The idea here is, is uh, are you, are we, um, how are we going to uh, approach this as, uh, as a show, I guess? Are we going to believe in uh, predestination? I mean, I guess not us, but I mean, are we going to, come from that area um, area, or are we going to come from the camp of anybody who chooses to repent of their ways and um, ask for forgiveness um, will they or ha- do they have the ability to um, start fresh so I guess um, what is your opinion what is your theological background or your belief system in that because I know mine but I don't want to um, jump ahead um, of what you're going to say. Well, I've spent um, lots of time in both camps uh, at this point in my life. I'd say probably equal time in both camps. And I would say they both are um, saying the same thing pretty much. Um, One would say that you're not even interested in asking God for a fresh start unless he's chosen you. And so therefore... Um, if you're asking the question, he has chosen you. When another would say that anyone can ask for God to have a to have a fresh start because um, everybody it's available to everybody who wants it. So it's literally the same thing, just worded two different ways. One paints God as um, super in control and determining every single thing that happens, and the other paints God as more of a friend who wants to. Um, have a relationship with people, but won't, won't force them to. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if you want my, my opinion on that, or if you want me to, to lay out <laughs> those two camps. Cause I did that. <laughs> well, we can, we can, we can uh, go for that. I, I will lay out my opinion. This is how it is. Is I don't necessarily, but I think it's you and Ryan, you and I've had this discussion for, I don't know. I, for as long as we've known each other about the difference, the difference between these two camps and how, um, the pendulum should in, 
in uh, society and in culture, especially in church culture and society, the pillum swing, depending on um, what era we are in. And um, I've, I see where it is, is where we should be down the middle, where um, God is truly all-powerful, um, as one camp says, but he's also that, um, that friend that the other camp says that um, is not going to force us to be uh, um, his servants or he wants to be in a relationship when we want to be in a relationship with him. So I, I tend to straddle the line somewhere in between the two, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I would say the funny thing is that both camps say that, um, but one camp emphasizes it a lot harder than the other and vice versa. Right. So um, they put all their cookies in that basket, if you will. So um, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. To think about. It is. And and I think uh, as we um, think about the way we talk about a fresh start or um, what we would call salvation or the forgiveness of sins. Cause I suppose you could already be saved and, um, still needing repenting. And then m- many times people feel that when they repent, they are now given a fresh start, a chance to, to, to do right in the eyes of the Lord. Um, I feel like both of those views are, um, important and what, what we're talking, because if we believe that we can start over, and that we are a new creation, then it changes our behavior. And if we believe that it's just um, something that people talk about or something that people um, say to make themselves feel better, that we don't actually get a fresh start, that we're actually going to have to pay for everything we do, then that changes our motivation to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it it does. Um, And that's the... I feel... Like if we're going to sit here and we're going to say that everybody has the ability to have a fresh start, but then the underlining the underlying tone of, well, not not you don't really get a fresh start. You know, we're all going to have to pay for the, what we do at the end of it all. Then um, mm-hmm. it really kind of takes this the the message of the gospel and kind of uh, deflates it and makes it almost like makes me want to ask the question then what's the point um what why does why did why did Jesus come in the first place if we're going to if we still have to pay for our sins at the when it's all said and done then the the purpose of Jesus was was um erroneous in that mindset erroneous yes erroneous so this actually makes me think about something interesting. I don't know if you're meaning to do this, but you're definitely knocking on the door of Catholicism and purgatory. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to because but we this is this would come up. Because are are we saved? Are we saved by the blood of Jesus or not? Because purgatory is like, yeah, you're saved eventually, but you have to suffer before you can be right. saved. You know what um, I mean? And uh Purgatory, for those who are listening who don't fully understand, purgatory um, was a Vatican I stance, not a Vatican II stance. Um, I don't want to make that clear. Uh, which Vatican II was enacted in the 60s um, and kind of lessened the whole idea of we have to suffer. Um, so I just want to give Catholics a, a fair fair chance there. But you're right. Purgatory um, did... 
Purgatory was actually enacted in the, I don't remember when it was, but it was in the early thousands, like 1100, I think, if I'm not mistaken, where you had to, basically it was another tax, if you will, for the church to say, if you bring money and you pray for your um, your loved ones who have passed on um, and you bring, us, bring the church more money, um, the priests will... Uh, pray for your your loved ones to get into heaven um so it was it was very faulty uh, theologic um sense it was it was not meant it i it's not biblical by any means so this idea I think catholics that, still believe in purgatory by the way from what i'm seeing i did a little quick research just to make sure I was right, but I'm well, pretty sure they if they didn't rule if it they out. do then they're vatican 1 because vatican 2 is did take away purgatory. Um, I don't now, see it. You don't see I don't, it. Where, I like you. I like for you to cite your sources on this. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> college. I don't know exactly. Um, I don't have them in front of me. You threw the youth Catholicism out there. Um, without me even researching. Uh, let me see here. Hmm. Purgatory. Does uh, um, purgatory exist? The Catechism of the Catholic Church states there are three stages of the church. Those who are living on earth, those who are in purgatory, and those who are in heaven with God. All right. Uh, where Where is your source? So that we may put it in the description. Um, that was... Uh, that was... Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just okay. I just clicked in the box. That was uh, son of a gun. Come on, you can do this. That was Catholic-SF.org, Catholic San Francisco. Let me see if uh, did Vatican II eliminate purgatory. Our our uh, listeners can hear us doing a little <laughs> impromptu research. Uh, research. This is now we're going deep into the rabbit hole of um, what something has brought up. Let's see. Hmm. This is uh, not very interesting podcast. No, material absolutely not. So let's 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 uh, while uh, while you're doing <laughs> that, let's let's go into so, this idea of that. Um, does does the blood of Christ uh, cleanse us from our sin? Um, and personally, again, it has to. Or the message of the gospel is um, to use my my hundred dollar word erroneous it it would make it point erroneous it makes it pointless for um jesus to have even come down to earth as a baby live a life as a man sinless and blameless and then suffer at the hands of his accusers and um die on a cross and then die bear be buried and then resurrected it makes it all pointless if that act alone does not save us from our sins and allow us to mm -hmm. enter into the fold of heaven mm -hmm. and so yes it i mean does the blood of jesus cover us and um yeah i it has to that's what the gospel tells us and um i give that a big amen and so like that that's not at all I mean, anybody who tells you differently, I would, I would ask them to speak out 
theologically and say, hey, give me give me your sources, give me your theology on this, and um, tell me why you believe what you do. Because um, gospelly speaking, I don't even know if that's was a word, but and I don't know if I can use it. If as we're gonna speak gospelly here, going to, then I think we should. <laughs> then gospelly speaking, gospelly speaking, it's it's pointless. Um, if Jesus Jesus's death and resurrection doesn't cover our sins, so I would say it does. And there's um, that's that's like the main tenet of Christianity, especially after our research. If it comes out that Catholics believe in purgatory, then I would say that maybe um, <clears throat> then I it's think there's just a Protestant from the feel. research. There was a lot of reading that I found, <laughs> but I, I think there's a strong possibility that Vatican II ruled out purgatory or at least um the punishment side of purgatory it was i think it's been more deemed as a place of expectant joy in which you wait for your time to come to heaven i don't know but that was a quick look so okay so i was i was accurate in saying that um, it it appeared it appears that i was accurate okay um i'm not saying i'm not like i'm not saying that i want to be right i i hope i was right Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Yeah. What's right. the point of having useless <laughs> knowledge in your head if you're not going to be able to use it in moments like this? Uh-huh. Okay, so we were talking about how... I know I went on that long spiel as you were doing the research. So now the question is, mm-hmm. is um, since we've kind of ruled um, in favor that everybody has the ability to have a fresh start if... And depending on your view, through Jesus, through Jesus, absolutely, through Jesus. This is always through that. Um, the question now comes. I mean, that's the sim- that's the symbol of baptism, right? Correct. So when we're baptized, we are dead to our transgressions and alive in Christ. So literally, the symbolism is that we have died. So Stephen died when he was baptized, or yeah. when got Christ re- made him new. The symbol is in baptism, and then when coming out of the water, a new man. So you basically are walking as a man with Christ right. instead of Stephen born to his earthly parents. You are now Christ's child, Christ's brother, and you are sinless in his eyes, right? Right. Because of the blood of Jesus that, that I'm, that's, that's yes, how. I, because of the constant continual covered, covering. Yeah. So the question now is, um, is it possible for a follower of Jesus to have a fresh start? I know that some people have this, this difficulty saying that um, the way it, what it what it boils down to is people have this ability to um, think that once they're saved they have to be one and or when they're not, how how can they continue and a fresh start if they keep falling into sin whether it be the same sin over and over again or different sins each and every time. Um, and so that's the question, really. Is it possible for a follower of, Christ, a follower of Christ to actually have a fresh start? Um, or is it simply just for new believers that are becoming, or who are entering into the fold of Christianity, um, is that fresh start deemed only for them? And um, recently I've been reading a book by Kyle Eidelman, and mm. um, it's called Aha. And it's the, the um, yeah, it's mm. it's that moment, it, it's a moment where, Aha. and Kyle does the Eureka. best. Um, 
to explain this. He's really good at communicating these ideas. But it's that moment when um, a person and or a Christian has a moment where they realize what they are doing is not godly, and they have this aha moment where they um, recognize their sin, they repent of their sin, and they change their action, they change their course of action to um, alleviate that that sin and or um, reduce, not reduce it, but like completely take it out of their life as much as possible. And so it's really gotten my my mind rolling with this idea of like is Christian is Christian are excuse me are Christians able to have this fresh start have these aha moments or is it just for those people who are become they have that aha moment and become a Christian for the first time um, what do you think Ryan. Ooh, that's a deep question. So is it just for people who become Christians for the first time? Or is it like a continual aha moment? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Is it it's it not necessarily is it a continual, but can we as Christians be awakened um by something uh that might not be jiving with what we claim to be and um can we start fresh from from that does it or is the basically what i'm saying is is that is this aha moment or is this fresh start just for um new believers or people who aren't believers becoming believers or can we as christians um be opened or be open to the idea of aha basically saying are we uh, able to or should we should we just accept who we are at once we're Christians or should we continually mm. grow? Uh, that is um, a resounding, we are continually growing. Um, I can't, um, I, when worded like that, I have a hard time thinking. I, I mean, I suppose there are people out there who believe that mm. you are, um, like once you're saved, you're like made who you are and that's who you are. You know what I mean? Like it's not a continual deal. It's like, boom, it happened and that's it. But, um, I think most Christians and most of, um, most of the, the people out there in Christianity would believe that you are continually, um, renewed every day. I think that's the whole idea of sanctification, right? Um, that right. it's, um, I mean, Ephesians four twenty three. 23, I looked up, um, is that, were to be renewed in the spirit of your minds every day talks about. So, um, we are to be renewed, um, in our spirit and our minds. And, uh, we're promised that the body will ache and it will eventually pass away. Um, we were able to bury Alyssa's aunt this week and, um, she was a great woman of Christ and I'll see her again someday when I, when I get home. Uh, but her body gave out. Her mind and her spirit um, were renewed, and her spirit especially was renewed every time she called upon the Lord. But um, you know, eventually our bodies give out. So, but we are spiritually, and um, I would say to an extent, emotionally and mentally renewed uh, every day when we seek uh, renewal. So I would say a resounding, yeah, it's a, a daily call to be renewed and to be changed. 
And probably the moment we stop seeking renewal um, is probably the beginning of our death, both spiritually and um, mentally. Yeah. That's kind of what, that's this, you know, these, these questions have come up in my mind and I'm thinking to myself, this, sometimes I have to, I have a hard time um, breaking away from this idea that I don't always think like everybody else thinks. Um, No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of weird. I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but. You are? I'm actually pretty weird when it comes to thinking about these 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 obscure questions and when i when i think about these i forget that sometimes and kyle eidelman brings it up in his book quite um regularly that that sometimes christians think that they have no course to of correction because once they've asked for forgiveness that one that's all they have to do or two They've already asked for forgiveness. How could they ask God for forgiveness again? And so, thus, the, the a lot mm-hmm. of believers tend to either fall away because they're like, "Well, I asked for forgiveness and it didn't work, so I guess I'm out here by myself," and um, or they have this idea, "Well, I've asked for forgiveness way back when. I'm good. I'm all you know. It's I'm all set." And so this idea, um, so. I, when I when I hear these these ideas that people are actually thinking this, I'm like, how is wait wait, how do you get how do they get there? And it's this I think it's this mentality that um, this fresh start is only for new believers. So once once I'm a believer, mm. I don't I don't get another fresh start. I don't I can't continually make myself mm. better or anything like that. So. That's kind of where this 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 idea or the this question came up to me was um, helping our listeners and and anybody who uh, who chooses to listen to this that it doesn't matter um, what whether you are a brand new Christian or if you're a Christian there you still have the ability to have this fresh start you can say you know what something's not jiving right now and I need to get closer to God. It's time for me to pick up my Bible and read it more. It's time for me to pray more. And um, it's okay to, to be that. You're not a failure just because um, you're a Christian and you need to refocus and refresh and have a fresh start. Yeah. It's You're not a failure because of that. And that's kind of what I'm, what this question was kind of getting to when, you know, when I was prepping for this, um, episode I was like man people need to know that just because you feel and just because you do need a fresh start doesn't mean that you are a failure um kept coming up um to me uh this mis- this idea is you're not a failure because you need a fresh start you're a failure because we're you're a human right mm-hmm. we're all failures that's Jesus came to, to earth because the human race failed but you know day day one we failed um at, you know G- in genesis so it's not because of of your um failing that you need jesus it or strike that it's not because of um, you're a Christian that you're incapable of failure. Mm-hmm. It's because you're a human that you need this 
this relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So, and so that's kind of where this question was leading towards um, going. And I think that's, I, I kind of wanted to just have that, uh, that talk with you, Ryan, about this, this uh, fresh start, even uh, these fresh starts are for not only new believers, but also for Christians as well. Yeah. I think that's a good reminder because now if you say it like that, I think I've met people like that who, um, which I would really question their relationship with Christ in the first place because um, if they feel like, you know, well, I got saved when I was, you know, 23 in a church, you know, and you know, I went to a, up front at an altar call. There was a, a preacher there and they think, you know, I'm good. You know, I got my ticket. You know, that's as good as I'm going to get. I keep living the way I'm living. And, you know, it's, and it's kind of like, I think, <laughs> right. you're, I think you're missing the point here. I think the point is that you should, uh, you know, become more like him every day. <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> right. You know, it's not like an immediate death and resurrection. You know, we, we die to our own will slowly. It's a slow death. I mean, we have the baptism that is a symbol of instant death, but it's truly a slow death all the way to our actual physical flesh death. And then we're reborn and uh, without a, a sin nature. And so, yeah, the idea of, um, you know, and the interesting thing is this. Um, I think that's one reason why um, the Armenians tend to pull away from the, the once saved, always saved thing. Because it almost uh, resonates with that kind of um, attitude that like, well, once I'm saved... Ain't nobody gonna do nothing about it, so might as well just be who I want to be. You know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. not like that, and that's why like the Wesleyans, the Nazarenes, and um, they push so hard for. Um, I think the the not the once saved always saved, and, and not necessarily that you'll lose your salvation, but the pos- the idea that you need to continually be pursuing um, that relationship and that sanctification process. I think that's mm-hmm. one reason why they lean that way because they. Um, it's kind of like a reaction to that attitude of people saying, well, I got my, I got my J train ticket, so I'm out of here. I'll just, kind of, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tithe at Christmas every year. That's, I'll see it Christmas and Easter. You know, it's like that. And <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, it's exactly. It's like a reaction to that. Um, yeah. And that, and I think that's why, like, that's why I've learned and, and leaned more now, especially more recently, uh, being in between where, um, it's, it's not once saved, always saved, as in the mindset of I can say the prayer and go, but it's really difficult to lose your salvation. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Once you have your salvation, it's super hard to lose it. And I think that's where the fear that, that gripped me for so long in the um, growing up as a Nazarene is that I always felt like at the, the you know, the next turn I was going to lose my salvation. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, you're right. I, I do believe that it was a reactionary clause, if you will, for the Arminians to say, yeah. no, 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 no. We can't just say the prayer and then be done with it. We have to say the prayer and then move forward in line with Jesus. Yeah. And these are questions that I think, you know, um, most theolo- theologians have a hard time with discussing because most theologians um, are like uh, you and I, mm-hmm. Ryan, where we, we're constantly in the Word, we're constantly searching for these answers. And so to us, um, the idea of once saved, always saved, um, 
I'm, oh, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I said that prayer way back when, or I'm going to lose my salvation. Mm-hmm. It, those questions become um, far-fetched in our minds. But when you start reading books like Kyle Eidelman and you realize, oh, the majority of people struggle with these questions on a daily basis, that's when you realize, oh, we we all need to know that we're con- we need to have that constant relationship with Jesus. We need to have the ability to say, um, "We're not. You're not going to lose your salvation if, if you if you're putting in the relationship." You know, it's one of those things where, you know, that relationship you have with your wife um, gets stronger every day. Mm-hmm. But it will it will only get stronger every day if you continually work at that relationship. Right. Um, if you decide to say, "Well, I said I do," you know, in my case, I said I do seven seven years ago. I don't really need to, you know, I don't need to let her know that I love her on a regular basis or anything like that. She should know. Yeah, that you know, I I, I read a story, and it was, um, um it was a man. And uh, he got married, and they'd been married for, you know, him and his wife had been married, and through the years, he never told her um, he loved her. Um, and then it had been like, it was like their 25th anniversary, and his his wife came up to him, and, you know, and, and she was upset, and she was like, honey, you've never, she goes, the first day that you, we got married, you told me you loved me, and you have not yet said anything you have not said it to me since then and he looked at her and looked her in the eyes and he says i said it to you once he goes and if i change my mind i'll let you know (laughs) you know (laughs) and it's like wait no that's not how that works you know (laughs) that's not that's not how it should go we should we need as humans we need to constantly be reminded you know um of that so it's like especially believe you go with the same analogy as like believing like the day you said I do, like you were made perfect in in your marriage. Like you were the perfect husband. It's like, bam, now I'm the perfect husband. And I remember distinctly uh, my wedding night thinking, what have I done? I have no idea how to be a husband. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, know, you grew up thinking like, you know, a man leads his wife spiritually and all these things. And so I don't know whether I thought maybe it'd be like, uh, uh, like, bam, I do. Bam, Ryan, oh. I know how to be a good husband now, but like, you know, I'm on year seven and I'm still, I might be for worse than I was when I started. So, um, I know, I just think that you're more aware of it right. now. You're probably, <laughs> you're probably better than you were seven years ago, but you're just more aware of how far you are from where you need yeah. to be. I, that's the I'm same way with me. And so, um, these are some questions I, and these come from Kyle Eidemann's book, but these are some hard questions that I think, um, as Christians, we need to know, um, maybe you, um, not you specifically, Ryan, but, um, anybody, maybe we all need to look back and say, maybe I do need to have somewhat of a fresh start. You don't have to have like a huge event to be a fresh start, but maybe we, you do. And the, I'm just going to read a couple of these. There's actually 12 of them in the book, but, mm. um, 12 questions. But th- this one is number one. Did you spend more time this week on Facebook than rather than in prayer. Ooh, um, ouch. <laughs> or number two, when was the last time you told someone I love you Steven. and truly meant yeah, it? I love you. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Um, how, number three, how specifically have you helped someone in need in the last month? And then, um, and this is the last one I'm going to say, but as 
number four was, when was the last time you said to someone, I was wrong, please forgive me. And it, you know, that's true, you know, most of the time. And, and then it goes on from there. There's several other questions, but how many times do you actually, you know, when you do something wrong, do you, do you, um, blame, play the blame game or, you know, deflect mm-hmm. the, the blame away from you? Or do you just accept it and say, I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> these are, these are questions that, you know, these are some actually, when you boil them down there, they're difficult questions, mm-hmm. um, that if you have, if, if you find these answers hard, if you have these questions hard to answer, then maybe you, you do need um, a fresh start in some way or form. And I think um, it kind of leads us to the next idea or this point of our question of, is it our duty as Christians or responsibility to seek out these fresh starts to gradually over time, as we've said throughout, um, become closer to God, you know, when they are presented, when you realize Mm. that, you know, um, that you're not where you need to be as a husband. Um, is it, isn't it your job to, to work at making yourself the better husband today than you were yesterday and so on and forth, so on and so forth. So it's the same way as, you know, as Christians, I believe that, it is our responsibility as Christians to seek f- for those fresh starts that are presented each and every day and say, you know what, mm. I do need to read my Bible more. So maybe I maybe I will cut out that half hour of Facebook tonight and I'll read my re- read my Bible. Yeah. You know, those things and I and and in my opinion, I don't know what your opinion, Ryan, is, but I believe that it is our responsibility, it is our duty as Christians to seek these out. It's not that we're f- it's not because we failed at something in particular that we need to seek the fresh start. It's because we're not where we need to be in the first place. Even when we ask Jesus into our hearts, we know that we need to learn how to be a Christian and continually learn to be like Christ. Well, there's the bells. And you know what that means? We have reached the end of our time for this week. And it's time for us to uh, share our closing thoughts, even though I know Steven is kind of dipping into his there. Um, yeah, it was. I uh, would like to say it's time for your closing thoughts, Steven. So go ahead and say what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, so when, when it comes to new beginnings or fresh starts, um, I, want it, I, I really want to impress on um, – to our listeners and to um, anybody that they may share this with, that everybody has the ability to find their fresh start in Christ if they seek out um, help and they pray that prayer that um, helps um, so many find Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's and it's perfectly acceptable for humans to, to understand um, that we are fallen, we are failures um, in all sense of the word, um, but to, to understand that Jesus can, not can, he will um, make us successful um, in an internal sense mm-hmm. uh, by just 
entering into that relationship with him. And um, not only is it something that um, non-believers should, you know, really look into, but it's also something that Christians that, you know, maybe you've been a Christian for your entire life, um, but you're not necessarily on the path that God would want you to be. It you you can you can start your fresh start today, um, and that that is something that you can do, um, and there will be many fresh starts on your life, in your life as you go on, um, because as Ryan and I have said in this this episode um, many times is that it's it's not that. Um, you need to necessarily need a brand new fresh start, but because of something that you failed at, but maybe it's you're becoming aware of how inadequate you were to begin with, and now you want to put yourself back. You want to put yourself onto the right path. So um, take heart that there is always um, there's always room for you to be to have that fresh start through Jesus, um, no matter if you're a brand new Christian or if you are a seasoned Christian, um, there's always room for a fresh start. Uh, you can um, find me on elephantpew.com or um, stoneswillcry.com, and um, those those are the two sites that I frequent the most, um, and of course, any of the social medias. Ryan? Thanks, brother. Um, I guess I just want to say this. You, you covered it very well about the importance for fresh starts. Um, I see a lot of people uh, really uh, continuously um, asking the question, I've sinned so much, when does God's patience run out? You know, I need a fresh start, um, but I've done this a thousand times. You know, when does his patience run out for us and for me? And the problem with that is that we put Jesus um, on a human scale. Like he has patience that runs out and he doesn't. That's what we have to realize as we, um, as we think about him and his forgiveness. We don't have to worry about his patience running out because it won't ever run out. And that's not fair. And that's hard for us, especially as Americans, and especially if you're a millennial like I am, um, brought up with uh, sportsmanship awards and um, what are those things called? Uh, participation trophies, um, especially. Um, you know, it's hard for us to accept the gift that Christ says, I will forgive you as long as you ask. I will forgive you as long as you ask. And on the millionth time, you'll still forgive us. So, it's not fair, um, but he's a good God, and he's just, and he's able to forgive, um, and he's the only one who is. So um, we have to trust in his promise that says he can forgive. And so when we trust in that, believing that that's the truth, that uh, he will forgive and he's able to forgive, um, we have to continually trust and uh, have faith that it is right that he'll forgive us even if it's not fair and in that we are humbled and we are reminded of the cost of our renewal to be made better and slowly over time even though it is us continually coming to him and continually 
um, asking for forgiveness. Slowly over time, we will sin less. And we will never become sinless, but we will sin less. <laughs> and um, <laughs> through the, the process of sanctification. And we may always have the thought of the sin in our mind, unfortunately, until we are made perfect. But we can, over time, become less apt to act upon the sin. So um, take heart and don't give up. There are people out there, um, men that I know specifically, not too many women share their struggles with me, as that probably should be the case. But men, especially that I talk to, who just maybe feel like they're back and forth all the time, that they um, are real close to God and doing great, and then a couple months later they're not doing great again, and they're they're uh, struggling, and they're just wondering, you know, how many times can God accept me like this? And the answer is um, an infinite amount of times. And um, he accepted you even before you knew exactly what he, he was accepting. Um, and he'll continue to do that. And he continues to want to take those stripes for our healing. And he continues, wants to be nailed to that cross for our salvation. And he continually wants to rise from the dead for us in sanctification and our own resurrection and our own renewal. So that's hard for us as humans. And I think uh, the first thing we need to do in that process is to humble ourselves enough to say, I don't understand it. I don't like it because it's not fair, but I accept it. And uh, I'm willing to accept renewal every day and attack every day as if uh, it's a new one and uh, that I'm forgiven and it's a new start from my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So um, you can find me at shoutingintothewild.com. That's the best place to get a hold of me if you need to get a hold of me. Um, and on Elephant Pew, of course. And I'm on um, the social medias, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So um, thanks for listening to us today. It's been really great talking with you about this. This isn't yeah. a normal, uh, <clears throat> this hasn't been a normal kind of like conversation we normally have some like heated issue or something going on but right this no. is one of those like subtle killers the ones that nobody talks about that um people that these are the it's the dangerous questions yeah so um these are the ones that um we don't necessarily like the answers to but uh we have to accept so um yeah, yeah. thanks for bringing it up steven oh not a problem thanks to all our subscribers and listeners who uh chose to listen to us we're so humbled and that you decided to allow us to be a part of your day. Um, you guys are really the best audience a podcast could ask for. This episode was brought to you by ElephantPew.com. Don't forget to check us out um, where you, we, it is updated on a daily, well, weekly, weekly. basis. And uh, you can go to iTunes, my preferred location. Hit that subscribe button on the podcast app on your iPhone or iPad or whatever iDevice you have, and you can just automatically get the downloads from um, the device or from us to your device every time we post a new episode. So that would be awesome for you. Also, you can go on iTunes. You can rate and review us. That helps boost us up and um, puts us on on the platform for people to find us, more people to find us as we, we do what we do. We're also on all the other uh, podcast outlets, whether that's Blueberry or um the Google store, all of those, um, we are all there. So we are friendly to all yep. devices and all systems. Absolutely. And, uh, don't forget to, uh, check out our, uh, special advent, 
uh, series that we're doing. It started on the first day of Advent, and it's going to go through till Christmas. It's a five-part series. Um, it's only about one to three minutes per episode, but um, please check that out and um, give us a thumbs up and a, and a rate for sure. All right, Stephen. It's been awesome being here with you. Till next time, I'm Ryan Ramsey. And I'm Stephen Witten. God bless. Thanks.